Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. Today on the podcast, we're talking with Carrie Keating all about leaning hard into those things in your life, in your business that are feeling a little rough, feeling resistance on and how you can just really get into the heart of that and move forward in growth. So let me tell you a little bit about Carrie. She is a business and growth coach, podcast host, speaker, author, and mom to three boys. Let's get to this episode because Carrie's going to give you a glimpse into her story, where she's been and where she's headed in business and in life. Well, hey, welcome to the podcast, Carrie. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to have you on. I can't even remember at this point, but I loved being on your podcast a few months back, Work Hard, Mom Hard. Yeah, that was a long time ago, it feels like. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely does. So fill everybody in on who you are, what you've got going on in life and in business. Okay, so true story. I woke up maybe 30 minutes ago. It's early here on the West Coast. So hopefully by by mid-conversation, I start to find my group. But yeah, my name is Carrie Keating. I am a business and growth coach. I am also a mom to three kids under the age of six, three boys. So lots of physical energy. And it was about four years ago when I was in corporate America and had two babies in daycare, two babies under two paying $30,000 a year in childcare. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, I had always wanted to be a leader and from a very young age, seeing my father being minister and leading and activating people with his words and his belief from the pulpit. I saw that for myself at a very, very young age. And so automatically I didn't really want to be a minister, but I knew that I had this vision. Like I I saw myself standing on stage and really doing what my father was doing, but I didn't, like I said, I didn't want to do it in the church setting. And so I plugged myself into the kind of corporate paradigm. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to work really, really hard and be a CEO. And while many girls were playing with Barbies, I was pretending like I was in a boardroom and like power suits and all that stuff. And so when I started having kids, I just started asking different questions because as much as I was down with my kids being in daycare and somebody else teaching them how to use the bathroom, (laughs) let's be real. I wanted to be the one picking my kids up from school. And so, yeah, I ended up just asking some different questions. And at the time, four years ago, network marketing fell in my lap and I started using some products that I fell in love with. And didn't really realize that there was a business opportunity attached and started sharing them because people were asking me like, wow, you look amazing. I lost a bunch of weight. They're like, you look amazing. What did you do? And so started doing that and very quickly saw a new vision for my life and came home to be with my babies after three months of starting to share these products and found myself in this space of going from corporate America and that paradigm to being home and an entrepreneur at home was really challenging for me because I had always been working nine to five since a very young age. And so I really struggled with it and ended up getting pregnant again and like struggled with that. 
and just struggled trying to find my footing. Like, how can I do this gig and then also be a mom and be really available? And so I hired my first coach to really help me navigate some stuff. And it was in that experience that she was like, why aren't you coaching? Why aren't you doing this? You have 17 years of business acumen, you know, storytelling. I was a merchandiser and a buyer. And so like I have this finance piece and I I had a lot of access to C-level executives. And so I have a lot of business acumen. And she's like, you could leverage that into really helping people launch businesses. And, you know, at the time I was like, I need a fancy certification paper. I need a website. I need all these things. Like it's not, I can't, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, do me a favor and just write something on Facebook and see what happens. Like just put a post up and see what happens. And, and what I know now is that I had a decent audience based on my network marketing of people who were launching businesses. So I already had an audience full of my ideal client and therefore I had two paying clients the next day. And that's what started me into the coaching. And that was, that was about three and a half years ago. And over time I've just, you know, I, I started coaching I failed, I tested, I re- repeated, I failed, I tested, I repeated. And now I'm at a point where I have like got a really refined message. I teach a certain framework, but it's taken me about four years to get here. So that's my really long winded, but short answer to your question of who I am and what I do. I love it. I love it. So I want to know, the first question that came to my mind was when your coach said, why don't you do that? What were the first feelings, thoughts, disputes almost that you had come up? in response to that? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that I said was, well, I don't have a certification, you know, in my, in my head, it's like, why, why would people hire me? Like people aren't going to pay me money. I haven't done anything. Like I haven't, I don't have this credibility factor. You know, I didn't think that I had a credibility factor, but what I did have was experience. I had launched a network marketing business. So I had launched my own business before and had moderate success. And I had all of this business acumen. And I think people were just, you know, at the time, I, I didn't launch myself fully into business coaching. I was just like, hey, if you need mentorship, I am here. I need to pull up that post to see exactly what those words were. But yeah, that, that was probably my biggest, my biggest objection was I don't have a certification. I don't have a website. Like I started thinking about the brand and I'm like, well, I don't have this fancy brand. It's just me. Like, how would I do that? So yeah, that that was pretty much it. Like, I think it was just more of that kind of imposter, like, nah, I'm not, no one's going to pay me to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that you saw your dad in this whole activator role. And I'd love that you said activator. You wanted to be an activator. So what have you been able to experience over the last year or so that's given you a glimpse of this new carry that's, you know, coming? Yeah, I think it's a lot of different things in terms of like activation. So like Activate Academy and Activate Live and all that, that's all like the name of my brand. It's really like, I don't want to be inspiring. I really want to be activating. Like, I don't want people to just message me and say like, oh my gosh, you're so inspiring. I want people to be like, oh, because you said this or because you showed up this way, I went and did this. And that really stems from, you know, I've had some really hard things happen over the last year in my marriage and in my family and, and things like that. And I took about six months off in early 2018 to just really allow some space for me to recalibrate, for me to heal, for me to, what I say, lean into the hard. And what I mean by leaning into the hard is like, turning over every stone as it relates to my relationship, as it relates to any limiting beliefs that I have about myself and how I show up in this world. 
There's been a couple of times when I've gone into really big detail about what that looked like, but I'm still kind of healing through it. So it's not something that I'm like putting a megaphone to, but I can still share the lessons because I know there's so many people in seasons of hard, whether it be you're going through a divorce, whether it be you're going through a miscarriage or for moms especially, or uh, you're losing friends or somebody passes away and you're in grief or whatever that is allowing the spaciousness for you to feel what you need to feel and honor what you need to honor and also look at what you need to look at. You know, sometimes, especially in relationships, there are stories there that are generationally passed down to us and it takes more than one therapy appointment or more than one coaching session or, you know, it takes this whole kind of like exploration of like, well, why is this affecting me? Why am I showing up this way and how do I change it? And once you recognize that you want to change it, it takes time to build a new habit. It takes time. Like I'm a huge fan of Joe Dispenza and the work that he does. And it takes time to unbecome yourself, but it's totally possible. We are so capable of creating new neural pathways. There are so many things that we can do to really become that version of yourself that you so desperately seek. The biggest way that you can close the gap now though, is to become her now and do everything that you can to become her now. And that's really what I did. And in the process of all of this hard happening in my life, I just kept saying to myself, this is working for me. I know this is working for me. It's really, really, really hard. I mean, the fact that I shut down my businesses for six months, like will just allude to the fact of how hard it was. Like I couldn't do it. And I just knew I kept saying to myself, life is working for me. It's not happening to me. I am like 100% willing to lean in because at the other side of this, I know I will be a better person regardless of what my life looks like. I know that if I'm actively taking this on, I will be a better person. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So as you went through that, do you have anything tangible that somebody who's listening today, who's dealing with the hard or has just, maybe it's a financial issue or a business struggle or a family, whatever it is, what can they start to do to uncover that? Okay. So some people are not going to like this and I'm going to talk about the, like the energetic part of it. And then also like the actual, like, okay, well, what could you do if it's financial for instance? So like I alluded to when we had our third child and I was home from corporate America, we went from two really significant incomes to one significant income and a really awesome side hustle. <laughs> and me having struggling with, you know, finding my footing and organizing my time and really wanting to be like, just have fun with my kids. It was like, I couldn't get organized and couldn't find a way to like really level up my organization. And so all of a sudden we had credit card debt. All of a sudden we were, we were finding ourselves in financial situation that I'd never been in. We were $40,000 in debt. I was really struggling to sleep at night and we just didn't adjust our lifestyle. Like that was the biggest thing because we just assumed that number one, we didn't have the financial savvy to think like, Hey, we are not making as much money. We should probably make some adjustments here. And I just remember being in that time. And that was when I hired my first coach. I could not afford her at all. But that is part of my answer is that I, I just knew that I had to do something and that it was most likely going to take me an investment. So I knew that and I was willing to do whatever it took, right? If I had to sell my couch, if I had to sell jewelry or whatever it was, I was just like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I was willing to do whatever it took. But more importantly, and this is what people are not going to like, because I hated when people said this to me. They're like, okay, you know, you're $40,000 in debt, you're struggling, blah, blah, blah. Just get into a state of gratitude. And I'm like, 
I'm sorry, what? <laughs> no, I'm not grateful for the space that I'm in right now. Like I'm really not, I am exhausted and I'm not sleeping and I'm really stressed out. Like how do I become grateful? Well, the thing is, is that it's really challenging to create momentum, the momentum that you want when you are in a space of stress and frustration and guilt and shame. Those low vibration, low vibrational energy type of emotions, those low emotions do not create magic. They just don't. And I think all of us cannot are had an agreement that it just doesn't. Whether or not you believe in that kind of stuff or not, it just doesn't. But if you can find yourself in a state of gratitude, it's a win-win, right? Even if you don't have the money coming into your bank account, at least you're happy. And so that was what I started thinking like, okay, if I can at least get happy. And what happened was, is that every morning, whether I would turn on YouTube or with Abraham Hicks or listen to a Bible study or meditate or whatever it was, I created a practice to get myself into a state of gratitude. And I started putting, whether it was writing three things down at night, whether it was just telling myself in the moment when I started to go down the anxiety spiral, like doing something physical, like I clap my hands or I put on music, or I did something to get myself back into that higher vibrational state, the higher emotional state of gratitude and love and joy and really being present with my kids because all I wanted to do was be available with my kids. And so the answer to your question is really too, because when you create from that space, that's when people want to work with you. That's when you have to get divine inspiration. That's when you are creating from a space that feels really aligned and exciting. And that's what people are attracted to. And so that made sense to me enough that I was like, okay, gratitude, got it. And so I just got in a state of gratitude. I started aligning the people in my life who could help me get out of the situation whether it be coaches or mentors, I started creating a plan and goals and set in place and unpack them and create like an actual strategy to reach my goals. And yeah, I mean, eventually that was three years ago. So it was within time. I built that back up. We paid off our debt. We ended up selling our house and moving and that took care of a lot of it. But yeah, it was, if you are in a state of pain right now, whatever it is, like whatever the pain is, grief, finances, marital stress, stress with your kids, the best thing that you can do is get into a state of gratitude. Like the goal ultimately every day for me is joy. Doesn't matter how much money I have in my bank account. Doesn't matter what else is happening. The goal is always joy. And so if I can get in a joyful state in serving my clients and being a mom in being a wife and being a friend, then everybody wins. Everybody wins. But most importantly, I win. Yeah. Yeah. So I would imagine when you first started this whole gratitude thing, you may not have fully believed in the fact that it was going to solve the problems, but were there any things along the way as you started doing this where things would come into your world and you'd be like, oh my gosh, okay, this is yeah. working, you know? Totally. I mean, yeah, there were so many pieces of evidence. I can remember a very specific ones, but it was interesting because I was on a, a radio show at the time and he asked me the same question. He's like, how do you believe in this so strongly? And I'm like, there's just been enough evidence built up. For instance, when I was growing up, you know, my father was a minister. We had four kids. Like we didn't make a lot of money, but there were always moments of somebody being kind and like reaching out to us to help us buy Christmas presents. My parents were always really vocal about that kind of stuff. Or like I really wanted to, we went to a private school. My mom worked at a private school so we could have discounted tuition. And my father was a minister and all that. And there were moms there who would pay for my cheerleading costs or pay for my sports costs. 
And so there was always these instances in my life as I was growing up and into my adulthood where it's like, it's going to be there. The money will always be there. The support is always be there. I am always supported. And because I had that reverberating throughout my brain, whether that be from just a protection standpoint, because I had some really crazy party years in my in my teens or my late teens, early 20s, and just like knowing like, wow, I'm surprised I survived that. I just had enough evidence and enough faith, like I am a woman of faith, enough faith that I was supported. Yeah. You know, when you said that, your parents, there's such an art kind of to receiving mm-hmm. that a lot of times we might block gifts and blessings because of pride or whatever it is, but to just be able to be giving freely, but also willing to receive as well. Yeah, 100%. And I think something that I want to expand upon on that, one of my second podcast episodes was really around this idea of blocking joy from other people. And especially as moms, because I know a lot of your audience are moms, we want so badly to help our friends. Like when our friend is like, can you pick up my kid? Or I'm having a baby. Can you make me some meals or whatever? We want so badly to help them, right? Like I want to help my friends at any, anytime they call me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm her person. She's calling me. Yet when we need help, we do not do anything. We run ourselves ragged. And so I highly encourage people when you need help, ask for it, reach out to those people because what you're doing is you're creating joy from them instead of blocking it. And so doing those little small things gets you into that act of receiving the blessings and being open to it. So yeah, I just felt the need to say that because it was something that really resonated with everybody, including myself. And I think it's so important that we ask for help when we need it. Yeah. That reminded me of a story when I had my first daughter over five years ago, one of my friends at the time was like, Hey, what do you need? I'm going to the store. And you know, the newborn, I'm like, Oh, it's fine. I don't need anything. We're good. She's like, no, I'm going to the store. I'm getting you a case of water and a pack of diapers. What else do you need? And I was like, okay, Nutella, because that's a breastfeeding (laughs) thing. Nutella sandwiches. So, you know, just her telling me, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Kind of just opened it. And I was like, actually we need plastic forks. It was so random. I remember that because like my husband was going back to work the next day and he needed plastic forks to take to work. (laughs) Like random, but how much of a blessing was that? And I almost Mm -hmm. blocked her from the ability to give that to me. Yeah. And it brings both of you joy. It solves a problem for you. And it brings her so much joy to be able to give. Like we are such givers naturally. So our friends are waiting for us to call. Yeah. Our friends are waiting. I'm going through a big pivot right now in my business and everything in my, in a lot of things in my life. And I called my friend yesterday. She messaged me back. She's like, the fact that you are trusting me with this is so huge. And I'm so grateful. And I'm like, I just need a sounding board other than one of my mentors or coaches or so it's just, it's, it can be so small, but it can go so far. Yeah, totally. And the other thing you mentioned was just pieces of evidence coming in. And one thing I always try to do is share those pieces of evidence, whether it's with my husband, with my parents, with people that have my back, have want to cheerlead with me, or even just writing it down. So like, what have you done to kind of catalog all the evidence just to build up your belief going forward? I don't keep a catalog per se. Like I will definitely keep messages from people who like, I have a whole folder dedicated to messages from people who either DM me on Instagram or email me and just say like, Hey, because you said this, or because you're showing up this way, I'm doing this. So I don't necessarily have a physical log of them, but I definitely have like a mental log of all the pieces of evidence for sure. Very cool. I love it. 
Hey, just wanted to pop in and let you know that me and Carrie absolutely love hanging out on Instagram. So why don't you take a screenshot right now and post it to your Instagram stories, tag myself at Katie Fleming and tag Carrie at Carrie Keating. We'll see you on Instagram. So let's talk about how you manage motherhood and business. What are some of your days? What do they look like? Your days look like with your kids? Yeah. Okay. So now, right now they look like I have, so I have the three kids. My oldest is in kindergarten. My other two are in preschool. So I have two days a week where they are gone from nine to about nine to three 30. And those two days are the days where I take clients or I do, I record my podcasts or I do stuff that typically I can't do with the kids around because when they are around, they just want me which is fine. And sometimes I totally record like my little mini episode when they're around because I don't care. And it's a mom podcast, so it doesn't matter. But those days look like that. And then at 3.30, I pick them up and we just party out in, in, the, in the front yard and scooter around or go to the park. On Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I have my little two kids with me and we'll either go to the gym or we'll go do stuff. And oftentimes... This is just one of my hacks. If I can't fit in the stuff that I needed to fit in, I get two hours of daycare at the gym. And so I'll go work out for an hour and then I'll sit at the computer while they're in daycare at the little juice bar and get a bunch of stuff done. It's great for networking and then also like allows me that space to get it done. And then often, you know, I did the nap time hustle for years. Like they would be asleep. When I first started taking clients, I had no help, like no daycare. We lived in Oregon where we had no family around whatsoever. We had really great friends, but we didn't have anyone to help us with our kids. And so eventually they went into daycare a couple of days a week. But in the beginning, like I was taking clients with a newborn, I was breastfeeding a newborn. So he would either be on my breast or he would be on the floor, just kind of rolling around. And my other two would be upstairs napping in our house. My office was in our basement and I would just be praying to the naptime gods that they would stay asleep and things wouldn't happen. But my clients saw me doing it real messy, like really messy. And I just knew also that I wasn't willing to work with people who didn't understand what I was doing. Yeah. I think it's like a posture of knowing yeah. who people are and, and what's best for you. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it held me back at times just from like, wanting to scale and grow and do all these things because I just didn't have the bandwidth to do so. But now I'm looking at next year, I am going to have all three kids in school five days a week. So I'm like, holy wow. Of course, now we're like, do we have another baby? <laughs> but I'm like, wow, I'm going to have five days a week next year. So it's going to look completely different for me. But now I get to set up my life. And this is the whole thing. Like, I'm looking at my programs and kind of how I'm offering things. And I get to set up my life exactly the way I want to. Cause I said to my coach, I'm like, I don't want to work in the summer. I don't want to be as much as I love my clients. Like I want to have something evergreen. So that way it's bringing income, but I don't want to be working, you know, two days a week during the summer. And so I'm setting up my life now where my programs are like fall, spring and, and winter. And that's it the live component of them. And that way I can be available for my kids and we can travel and we can do all those things. And so, which was the whole point, the whole point of me leaving corporate America was that not so I didn't have to work because I love to work. I love it. But just so I could be available and we don't have to like the greatest blessing is that my husband and I don't have to look at each other every morning and be like, who stays more important? Cause that's what we had to do at Nike. Like when we were both there, we would be like, okay, someone's going to get called out of daycare. Whose day is more important. <laughs> Uh, it was exhausting, but so I'm super, super grateful and blessed. And again, like that's just evidence. Wow. Okay. 
I, I said I wanted this and I've created it and I'm going to continue to create it. And that's just another notch of evidence in my, my belief bubble. Yeah. I love that you started even when the kids were napping or maybe not napping, you had a baby, all of this stuff, because if we wait till the golden elementary school years or we wait till the whatever, it's just never going to happen. There's yeah. always going to be these seasons in these different ways of life. Yeah. And I am really real with my clients of what kind of lead time you need. If you really want to create a brand and a business that lasts. So like a true lasting legacy type business. And most of my, my clients are heart centered business owners who want the longevity. They want the legacy. They understand that this is a lifetime's work and not a season's work. And so I lay that groundwork for them as to it's going to take time. And the more you can just kind of start, whether it's an hour a week right now, all you're doing, all you're doing is getting feedback. Your only goal in these years, in this season is to get feedback. If you make money, obviously like we're creating plans to make money because that's the goal. Make an, make an income because when good people make good money, they do great things as Chris Harder says. But if the goal always is feedback, by the time they get into school, you have that beautiful brand that you wanted. You have that sharp point. You have your messaging down. You have all of this stuff because you're spending an hour, two hours, three hours a week while they're napping or whatever else, just doing the thing. I posted on my Facebook yesterday. It was so funny. I have these lives pop up from three to four years ago. And I had this live pop up. I was pregnant with Austin. So my third baby, my hair was really short. My face was super puffy. I mean, I was like giving birth in two weeks and I was doing laundry and this like inspiration came to me and I popped on a live and it was like a minute long and it was horrible. It was so <laughs> bad. I've done lives like Facebook lives where my kids were crawling all over me and writing pens on their faces. And I just look back and I want to give that woman a hug because she showed up and she did it so messy. And the fact that she kept showing up, like people always compare. We, we oftentimes, especially with social media, compare our chapter one to someone else's chapter 10. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, so many people are like, how did you get to where you are with all of these things? And I'm like, I just started messy. I started doing it and I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just kept doing it. I started following the things that brought me joy and that lit me up and that I knew could help people. And I just always, when I pressed live, I would be like, there's one person. I would say that almost in every live. I'm like, I think there's one person out there that needed to hear this. The rest of you can all like, whatever, you don't need to watch, but whoever that one person is, <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it's all about doing it messy. Messy action is where it's at. Yes, it's great to have a strategy and like really understand what your goals are and unpack them in a way that feels really good for you, but it's never going to be perfect. If you feel the call, right? If you feel called to be present with your kids, don't feel the pressure to start a business right now, 100%. But if you are feeling like you want to take your creative outlet and turn it into a business or whatever, whatever that little niggling feeling is in right, in right now within your soul, just start following those little nudges. Just start asking different questions. Like, well, what if this could work? What if I could only do it two days a week? When I, one of the questions I'd love to ask my clients to just help them recalibrate is like, what would it look like if it were easy? If all of this were easy and not easy, meaning like not challenging, but like if it was just what was like life, your day was just filled with so much ease and you did this with so much ease, like what would that look like? And how do we start creating that? And when you come from that space, it's just so much more exciting. Yeah. It's so much more yeah. joyful. So you're right. I mean, like it is kind of the secret. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to get. Uh, yeah. It's not an easy thing to get into in terms of like, 
the joy, but if you constantly remind yourself, and it takes a while to create a habit, but you constantly remind yourself like, okay, the goal is joy. The goal is joy. Be where my feet are. The goal is joy. If that's the goal, then what can you do right now to bring you joy? I mean, we do audits and I do audits with my clients just in terms of like, okay, what's bringing you the most joy? If like they start getting stuck, if they start getting stagnant, they're uninspired. I'm like, okay, let's rework. Let's reframe what brings you the most joy and what brings you the most income. Because the goal, right, is I, I think it, we would be remiss to say like the goal is not to earn money. We want to earn an income and I want to earn massive amounts of income so I can give massive amounts of income and do a lot of really amazing things with it. But if the goal is joy, you can absolutely match your joyful process with your income producing activities. It's really, really simple. You just need some creative thinking. And that's where I think hiring coaches come in. I think that's where podcasts come in. I think that's where books come in. There's so much. Like, you don't know what you don't know. And that's the most exciting part of life. It's like, I don't know so many things. Like, what can I know now? And how could I approach this differently? And how can I pull the collective or ask different questions by going into awesome free Facebook groups or whatever it is? So, yeah, my coffee started yeah, kicking. I mean- <laughs> She's waking up people. I'm waking up. (laughs) I love it. And yeah, to talk about coaching, I mean, just having somebody look in on what you're doing and say, okay, but why? Like why that's causing you stress? Why do you really, why do you feel like you need to do that or help you see it from above and not necessarily where you are in the weeds? It's so valuable. Oh my gosh. It's been the most powerful tool that I've had. And more importantly, like I really love the group coaching space, you know, masterminds are the new book clubs. And so I really love the mastermind group coaching space. I I had a mastermind and I'm now pivoting into like more of a group one-on-one high touch because so many women that I coach are in the launch phase of their business where they need that high touch. Mm -hmm. But what's been so powerful for me is in coaching number one, having the mentor, but then also the group is that when things got hard for me, when things got really, really hard, I could show up into our group calls and just like cry and explore my feelings and be in their belief and watching them go after their stuff. I could borrow their belief for my myself. So that was number one. Number two is just having people, it's one thing for a coach to say, Hey, go do this. Like you want to launch that program. You want to do this course. Like for a coach who's already done it, it's really simple to say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go do it. Like launching a podcast that took me, Oh my gosh, it was so daunting. It was all the things, but now I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. All you gotta do is record in zoom. It's totally fine. I understand how to do it. It's one thing for a coach to say that it's a whole different thing to watch someone in your inner circle, who's maybe one or two steps ahead of you, or maybe even two steps behind you, quote unquote, just go after it and do the thing that you're really scared of. That has been the most motivating for me of like, oh, she doesn't have it all figured out. She's going for it. Okay. I can totally do this. And so I really love that group aspect to it, which is why I'm curating and cultivating that space for myself and my clients. But yeah, having a coach to just help you through the hard stuff, like help you through, help you navigate. I lean into my coach all the time saying, am I just making it hard or am I, is this right? Like, am I just realigning? Because that's my story is I like to make things hard. Like things have to be hard. Can't be easy, which is why I ask my clients all the time, like and myself, how could this be easy? And so having somebody that knows you on such an intimate level, having someone to like soundboard that stuff off. Yeah, business for sure. We talk about business all the time. 
and like strategy and like, what should my offerings look like? And how should I price this? And all of those kinds of questions. But the real work is how does your fear show up? essentially, because fear has so many different faces and procrastination and guilt and shame and, you know, whatever it is. And how does your fear show up and how do you navigate it? And guess what, guys, it never goes away. It doesn't matter what level you're at. It just has a different face. So yeah, having somebody in your corner and somebody to mentor you. And if you don't have a coach or you can't afford a coach, listen to podcasts, listen to, listen to all the things. Because here's what else I'll say too: coaches, it is not their job to do the work for you. Yeah. A lot of people come into that coaching relationship and say, oh, well, I hired the coach. So this should, and I spent a lot of money. So this should absolutely solve all my problems. Like it's the coach's job to facilitate your breakthrough, to facilitate the breakthrough that you create for yourself. And so the people who go the furthest are the ones who, at least in my opinion, who in my programs, they engage the most. They're constantly working. They're constant. And by working, I'm just saying they're constantly asking themselves questions like, how can I be 1% better tomorrow than I can today? And I can help them. I can help guide them through that. But I can't sit here and say, oh, Katie, you need to do this. Or Katie, you're showing up as this. Or Katie, like there's a, an accountability piece, but it's not my job to create the breakthrough. It's my job to facilitate the breakthrough that you create for yourself. Yeah, you're right. It is the person that's showing up. She's applying. She's asking the hard questions. She's willing to answer the ones we're, we're typically asking of her uh-huh. and go into those levels and ask why, why not? Why this? What, you know, and get into really the root of the issues. And I think for my clients, at least, they get into the coaching relationship and realize, I didn't realize there was so much mindset that went into this. Uh huh. You know? Totally. That's why I call myself a business and growth coach because I just don't, I like from the get go, I want people to understand like, yeah, it's business like 20% of the time, but that's the easy part. Like for me, that's the easy part. Like, okay, you needed to price your offer. It should be this. Let's go sell it. I'll teach you how to do that because that's what I've been doing for 17 years. It's the mindset stuff. Like when you come up against stories or limiting beliefs around, you know, worthiness, because typically that's like what everything is anchored in worthiness or anything like that, guilt, shame, and it doesn't matter what it is, like navigating that is the hard stuff. Navigating that is the hard stuff. But when you break through, when you break through and start teaching that to other people on how you broke through, that's it. That's like the whole point of this life is like, how can I learn what I need to learn in my human experience and teach it to other people and give them a leg up? That is abundance. Abundance times a thousand is teaching other people how they can succeed. So powerful. I love this. Well, tell everybody how we can connect with you, hear more about what you're doing and remind us what episode I'm on your show so that they can go listen to that too. Oh, okay. I have, I'd have to look it up. I don't, it's, it's in the very beginning, but it's called the work hard mom hard podcast. And so I am on Instagram. Instagram is my jam. I'm pulling up the podcast now. Instagram is my jam. It is one of my favorite platforms. I've been on it since its inception. You can find me at Carrie Keating, just K-A-R-I-K-E-A-T-I-N-G. Such a soccer mom name. If you're listening, tag us both on your Instagram stories. Let us know that you're listening. I know Carrie loves to hear what you girls have gotten out of the episode and I do as well. So definitely take us up on that. Yes, 100%. Okay, it's episode 12. That was such a great episode. And we went into a lot of things. It was good. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So Instagram is one of my jams. I'm on Facebook as well. I have a free digital classroom on Facebook. You can find the link to that on my link tree and Instagram. 
but I basically pop in once a month and just talk about what, whatever is coming up for people. Like, Hey, what do you guys want to chat about? There's about 90 people in the group. So it's super fun. So I'm in there once a month. I also have really, I did a Facebook live series called six reasons you aren't making any money in your business now and what you can do now to change it. And it was so well received that I put it into like a quick little video and a PDF with a worksheet. And you can find that at my website, www.carrie-keating.com forward slash six reasons. And you can, again, find everything that I'm working on. And then I'm also launching my brand spanking new program called the Activate Academy. And it's basically just like I said, hybrid of a group coaching and one-on-one in depth. It's perfect. It's we're basically going through all the foundational aspects of business getting you into action, creating a strategy, and then also setting up your growth game for success so you can build a business and brand that lasts. So it's perfect for those who are in that zero to 50K mark who are just, or relaunching and need some recalibration and make sure that they have, like, it's all about defining your offer, pricing your offer, growing your audience in an organic way, how to sell to your audience, and then how to support the evolution of your clients and your transformation that you're taking them through. So it's going to be really fun and really powerful. And I'm super excited about it. And then you can also find me at the podcast, workhardmomhard.com. Love it. Yeah. There's so many things. (laughs) So many things. Come hang out with us on Instagram. That's the bottom line because you'll hear all the good stuff from Carrie. Yeah on there. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you loved this episode, which I know you did, make sure you subscribe and rate and review our show. This helps us to get the message of ambitious motherhood out to more moms just like you.